0: and thank you for joining our digital nation today i'm excited to host industry analyst paul greenberg stay tuned for insights from the crm expert
1: our digital nation is brought to you by the FedRAMP approved salesforce government cloud give leadership management and employees the mobile self-service analytical tools they need to connect data process and people create a digital platform that puts the customer at the heart of the mission
0: Paul Greenberg is the managing principal of the 56 Group, a customer strategy consulting firm that's focused on cutting-edge CRM and customer engagement strategic services. He's also a founding partner of BPT Partners, a training and consulting venture composed of a number of CRM luminaries and one that's quickly become the authority on CRM in the industry. He's authored several books, including CRM at the Speed of Light, Essential Customer Strategies for the 21st Century, a book that's often been called the Bible of the CRM industry. He's following this up with his newest book on customer engagement, The Commonwealth of Self-Interest, Customer Engagement and Business Benefit. It's scheduled to be published by Harvard Business Press this coming August. He's also served as chairman of the advisory committee of the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management CRM Center of Excellence and as executive vice president of the CRM Association. This is all, of course, in addition to his multiple memberships with several boards and advisory panels. With this rich background, we thought Paul would be the perfect person to join us today and talk more about the technology that that really serves as the cornerstone to the digital platforms behind this digital dilemma concept we've been discussing thus far. Today, Paul will give us a detailed look at CRM on the cloud, walk through the technology's relevance to the modern mission, and discuss its future opportunities. See why he's known as the godfather of CRM.
1: Actually, because I'm 67, I think that's just a misnomer, it's the grandfather of CRM.
0: (laughs) No, never. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today, Paul. Why don't we kick off with you telling me a little bit about yourself? I know you've just finished a book.
1: Yeah, actually, um, so I've written a bunch of books, but this one has been a unique departure from my other books, which have been pretty much on CRM and related to CRM. This one's actually on customer engagement, and I came up with it, it's got to be five years ago, with the idea, meaning I saw the market changing, I saw boardroom discussion and C-level chats about how do we get more involved with our customers, how do we get to know them more, how do we keep the customers, how do we communicate with the customers was like a constant discussion, which ultimately in the grand scheme of things means how do we engage with them, right? And so I started investigating and realized, you know what, this is actually really important. So which is because my degrees are in English and journalism for the most part, my immediate thought is, okay, I'll write about it. You now that said, I don't want to be seen as, I'm not academic. I just like writing. <laughs> but so I decided to write a book on customer engagement because I have a decent track record with the CRM book. Harvard Business Press picked up the book. I just sent the manuscript to them two weeks ago, two years late, and it should come out toward the late summer, early fall of next year.
0: Congratulations. That's exciting.
1: One thing I will tell you about all authors, regardless, is by the time you've actually finished writing a book, you hate it. (laughs) So at the moment, I'm barely over the I hate this book stage.
0: (laughs) Well, you'll have to get onto the celebration soon. That'll
1: happen in about a year.
0: What about CRM as a category, if you will, excites you? And I'll give you a little context on where this question is coming from. Well, of course, CRM is near and dear to our hearts here at Salesforce, as I'm sure is no surprise. It is a well-established category these days. Salesforce's first CRM product introduction was you know, almost 20 years ago now. now. That's a really long time in the tech world. So what is it that keeps it still new and fresh and innovative and you know all the fun buzzwords you hear from Silicon Valley these days? Well,
1: you know, it's funny. It's not so much new and fresh. Actually, there's always incremental innovation going on in CRM. And a lot of it's with the augmentation of sales or some sort of acceleration of, or, or some sort of tools for marketing that help you expand how you market and what, how successful you are, or, or it could be the analytics on the back end of these things, or on the customer service side, could be the more general trends you're seeing with AI and the use of chatbots for customer service, things like that. But what makes CRM valuable is not that particularly. Those things are important, but the value in CRM is that it's mature and consistent enough and measurable and useful enough so that... It's become a need to have as opposed to a nice to have when it comes to the actual customer-facing business operations of a company. It's become an absolutely integral part of, let's call it, most companies, if I had to pick a categorically, I'd say from the lower end of the mid-market all the way up to the largest enterprise, mm-hmm. and even in the small business side more and more so, mm-hmm. it's become a need to have to actually even be able to function as a company. It's become that integral to a company's operation. The technologies are there to enable them to do a better job. And technologies enable the job. They don't do the job, nor are they responsible for the job. So now you have CRM as a mature categorical area with marginal innovation, but at the same time, absolute necessity in the way things work, which is
0: awesome. How does CRM look like to you in the public sector, especially given now that it is fairly well-established? Well, the
1: operating model and and even more so the mindset even is different. I remember doing a project where we had to conform to mil spec 2120 (laughs) as the format of the actual proposal or that was dead. Now that you will never see in a commercial environment. So the whole process itself, even though it looks the same, is actually highly regulated, very different. The rules are worse and much more onerous to deal with. But what's a government looking to do? There's two levels of engagement in the government. One is citizen and the other is broader constituencies, right? Broader constituencies could be anything ranging from other agencies of government to other levels of government to other governments, meaning foreign governments to social agencies and NGOs. I mean, all of these are constituents when it comes to engagement of a government when they're not constituents when it comes to a commercial entity. And then there's the citizenry itself, which is looking for engagement Normally, in effect, I'll call it engagement as driven, at least in the broader sense, by the Constitution, not by the rules of private business. Yeah. Right? So there's a whole other set of things that the government has to account for when it comes to engagement. I'll give you an example. Several years ago, when President Obama was first in office and John Podesta was running the transition team, Salesforce, if I remember correctly, was used for something which is not the norm for Salesforce. It was more or less for part of a recommendation engine. And when I say that, the idea was that Podesta put up a site that said, what are the ideas you want to see the Obama government implement?
0: I remember that. Right.
1: And then the way it worked was this would be put on the site, you put in your idea, and then it would use a ranking engine to kind of vote up and down and vote up and down. I don't remember exactly what Salesforce's piece of that was, but Salesforce had a piece of that. And it was a unique use of Salesforce, I think. But yeah. there was one other technology involved escaping me at the moment. I want to say it was Blue State Digital, but I don't, I don't remember. Well, That's at least one of the groups involved. Okay. But, but the point was that that was constituent engagement, and, and actually at a very fundamental level, is what are the ideas you, you citizen of the United States want to see implemented immediately on something? Then the other side is, you know, if you look at the work you guys do with, say, federal agencies or, as we discussed in the webinar, the city of Denver, you know, things like that, you're building out a CRM-related infrastructure that's actually transformative for these particular institutions. And the reason it's transformative is that you're giving them the means to communicate, then to capture, and then to act on results of that communication much more effectively. So it's communication, capture the interaction, identify the need from the interaction, and then act on the need. That's what CRM does in the government environment, even though some of it is just purely operational, Mm -hmm. and some of it is more engagement-focused. Some of it is, you know, capture information and then figure out what to do with it, and some of it is, you know, be a system of engagement that allows... The interactions can be more effective. And and that's something that the government may be slower to adopt, but when they finally adopt it, they do a decent job.
0: Yeah. Takes a while. Around here, we've been talking a lot about digital services, digital transformation, digital platforms. And as you take a look at that, as you see how all those things start to come together, what do you think is going to be the next big to-do, the next big thing in CRM?
1: Think of it this way. I've built out a, in the new book, especially, I built out a, I'm looking at a customer engagement technology matrix. Okay. And to me, if you had the perfect one, the complete matrix, the ecosystem was absolutely ideal. There are 29 components so far, right? <laughs> okay. These categories, by the way, of which CRM is one, okay? Now, but here's the one thing, CRM is the operational center for the whole thing. Now, when I say that, meaning you don't have CRM, you can have the other 28, and it's still going to fail entirely, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do one. Because look, what does CRM do, right? Yes, it runs your business operations. It also functions as a system of record, and you can't ignore that. A lot of people are trying to discount systems of record. That's insane. (laughs) You have to have a place to capture data, to analyze the data, and then to look at reports on that data so you can gain some insight into the people that you're actually trying to deal with and engage with. If, not, if you don't have a place for the data to go, it's not going to be available to you. So what's the point, right? So CRM, as a, both an operational core and the system of record, is essential to the larger customer engagement matrix and picture, not just technology, but for it to be successful as an actual yeah. strategy and, and programmatically. So that's one area where it's not next for CRM, it's sort of what CRM is morphed. Two. Now, that said, if I'm looking at it in the smaller picture, meaning just pure CRM, meaning as pure as a marketing, sales, customer service, then there's two things that CRM future holds. One is around, obviously around AI and artificial yep. intelligence. And that at this point tends to be more around customer service and effective chatbots and things like that. Yep. But the other one is on driving content. and. What makes it very interesting to me is that. Ultimately, this thing is this. My entire concept, everything I've developed in the last 10 years, stems from the fact that we didn't just have a business revolution. That, in fact, we didn't have a business revolution per se at all. We had a communications revolution. And hmm. it's transformed not just with what we communicate, how we communicate, with whom we communicate, what we expected of communications, and who and how we trust, but it's also transformed how we create how we distribute, and how we consume information. And these are irrevocable transformations, right? There's no going back. Now, on the latter part, because we have this whole thing now about, you know, we have all this information available to parse and see and read and search for on the internet, that becomes a really important part of what we do. If you look at the research on it, you keep finding from companies like Demand Gen Reports and those guys that, When they're looking at companies that went with a particular vendor of some kind to close a deal, 65% of those companies saying, giving us the content that we needed at the time we needed it was very important to who won this deal. 65% is a significant number. The whole idea of content marketing, and those are the kind of transformations that are occurring. You know, you're looking now, another transformation on the marketing side is the account-based marketing stuff, right? What is that? If you think about it, that basically says, I'm going to build out a local campaign to this specific company. And it's really, you think about it, it could be very time-consuming. district right, or the
0: specific cause right. or what have you. Something that
1: I can identify common characteristics that will be impacted because of those common characteristics uniquely. And then you build it out, which is great. I mean, it's, it's not easy. But, you know, if you look at the data on that, of the companies that are utilizing it as a fairly baked-in process, it's like off the charts high, right? I mean, you're seeing 130% uplift. I mean, you're seeing numbers that are really like incredibly big. Are they accurate? I don't know. I mean, you know, you can find numbers to prove pretty much anything. But the reality is it's at least an indicator that this is something of importance. And these are what we're seeing as far as CRM transformations. We're seeing the use of AI, but we're also seeing kind of increasing sophistication for highly focused approaches that are driven toward the idea of engagement, successful engagement would lead to, you know, better closing of deals.
0: So what can you do to start applying these newfound CRM insights? Whether you've already got a solution in place or if you're considering moving to a digital platform for the first time. What are some of the things that you should think about in order to bring more value to your mission? I asked Paul these same questions. Here's what he said.
1: The first thing you have to do is what you always have to do is find out what we actually need. That's literally the first step always. I mean, to be clear on something with the technology, this is something I've advocated forever, which is the very last thing you do when it comes to developing a customer-facing strategy of any kind is implement the technology. Figure out what it is and implement it. That's the last thing, not the first. For many years, it's always been seen as the panacea, and thus the first, mm-hmm. which is actually a serious mistake. Because ultimately, here's the thing. If you're considering CRM, let's say you have it, and sure. you're just trying to improve it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First thing you have to find out is where do we need to make the improvements? Not just <laughs> we need to be better generically, or not just so-and-so says this, but you sit down and you figure out with your staff, with your, and talk to your citizens about what services they're getting that they think could be better? What services they're not getting that think you should get? How well is the portal, you know, serving you as a citizen, blah, blah, blah. Ask the questions you need to ask of the citizenry. If you have interagency, like your GSA, you have interagency as your actual customer. Talk to the other agencies about it. Find out what the actual need for improvement is. Number one on the list and number two on the list is that. If you don't do that, don't bother with anything else.
0: goes back to your actionable word, I feel like. Well, more. It's even
1: more. I mean, ultimately, it's your concern with the constituents that you serve. That's what it goes to. And you have to find out what their concerns and issues are with what you've already got. If we say, okay, well, we're handling, since service is the biggest piece of the government, where sales is the biggest piece of the commercial Mm -hmm. side, but serve as the biggest piece of government, if you your constituents feel, for example, that their ability to self-serve on the web is just not good enough because they'd rather not talk to somebody you know in a government call center than fix that. Okay, well, you get my point. I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's item one and two. And the third item is, when it boils down to it, once you've done that, so let's call it the second or third item, depending on how <laughs> you know, I want to look at it, once you've done that, before you go to the technology improvement or select, look, if you've already got a technology in place, you're going to look at the things you can do with that technology. Okay, so the, the next thing is, once you've gotten this far, assume you have a technology in place, it could be a legacy system, it could be a technology that really is an effective CRM system of some kind, mm-hmm. make the decision on what you want to do with it. When I say that, meaning, do we want to take it and extend it? Do we want to add this, take out that? Do we want to clear it and replace it, rip and replace? What is it we want to do with this? And then the way of making that decision is because you already know what you need to do for your constituents. And that will tell you, given what the offerings are, the ability to configure or customize effectively, all on the technology side, you know, will tell you whether or not the system you have is adequate but can be just simply improved or needs to be replaced entirely. And there are in between degrees, of course, but you get my point. Sure. So that's the next phase is be willing to make ruthless decisions because if you're going to replace it, it's going to cost you. And you just have to be willing to make that decision in a rather ruthless way because it is a decision that both strategically and programmatically serves the requirements and needs of your constituents. And that's what it's supposed to be. And whatever it takes to do that, you figure out how to do it. And if you have some constraints, budget in particular, which are always the constraints, figure out the priority order of what it is you have to do and then do it piece by piece. It doesn't matter. Look, As long as you're doing something to start the improvements, the results will accelerate the future improvements. But you have to be able to show something. You have to begin to do something once you've gotten the data and information you need and you've decided what it is you have to do. Just prioritize it, and most important, and then the rest can be later and incremental. Thank you for tuning into Our Digital Nation. To learn more about the trends and technology behind the discussion, visit us at salesforce.com forward slash industries, forward slash government, or follow us on Twitter at SalesforceGOV.